Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Masters of the Matrix. I'm Greg M. Today, I have with me Michelle Henderson, who is an author, a psychic, a medium, coach, healer, and spirit artist. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Well, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here, and I am ready for our conversation. Me too. We have lots to talk about. So you've been an educator. You've been in education for many years. I have a connection with edu- with educators and education. So you have a natural uh, sort of passion for, for helping children, which is awesome. And not just regular children, but autistic children, special needs children and families. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, how has this work been for you now on the spiritual side of things versus where you were going into schools and sort of educating from that frontline perspective? Is there- well, yeah, there there is a there is a slight difference. I was going to say whenever, you know, I was working in education to me, it was very spiritual because I felt mm-hmm. like I was helping, like you said, the, ch- the children and I felt like an advocate and I used my intuition skills to be able to help them. Um, but and now um, I can actually just, you know, help them more in a healing sense with energy and really diving into spirituality and really being open with them that way. Where, you know, as you know, in education, you're not really able to open up, especially in the public school system about spirituality and about the different energy that they're feeling or, you know, the way that I can help them that way. So there is a slight difference. I can be more open to them and to the parents. Um, But again, I just felt that, you know, there was a time and I guess it's the audience, you could say, you know, the people that surrounded me, I knew how far to take it, how far not to take it, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting because I've, I've worked with a lot of teachers. I know a lot of teachers and, you know, just with any profession, there are some great educators and some that aren't so great that just as there are great cops and there aren't great cops. It's it's just the way we are in the, in our current situation in our world. And, you know, I, I always, when I see a great teacher, my heart warms up because, you know, as, as kids, we're so not only easily influenced by our environment, by our elders, by our teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice to know that there's people out there like such as yourself that actually can really go dig deep into that, into that child's life because there's things that they may not want to talk to their parents about, that they may not want to talk to uh, an administrator about. But when they feel that connection, that heart-based connection, that's when a child reaches out. And I've, I've have a couple of friends that are just wonderful teachers and I, I see that within them and they may not mm-hmm. realize that they're, they're actually psychic, but I do right. know that they're actually making this connection with them that just allows that child to feel safe, to feel secure, to actually be open and vulnerable. And those are the moments when I witness, you know, such a wonderful thing happening between those two that there's just such a growth and that's a wonderful thing. And versus what happened to me as a kid, I had oh, really no. tough. Tell well, I had I I, I yeah, I had really tough teachers. I mean, growing up in the eighties, and I was a, a, a really big empath, and I was just afraid of the world, and mm-hmm. so it, it must be just so interesting from your perspective. Because I wish I had you, you know, as a teacher, you know, or or as a, someone to help me with my intuitive abilities. But to know that that's available out there for kids um, is such a wonderful thing, because we know how Western medicine treats. Mm-hmm children that are different that think differently that they look at the world differently they tend to put pharmaceuticals into them what are your thoughts on that right oh no no i i completely understand um because a lot of the kiddos that are empaths are very intuitive a lot of times they'll be very well okay let's put this way extremely hyperactive (laughs) (laughs) you know because they're feeling the energy and they're just very active and like you said they're they're in the drama that comes with it because they're so emotional with it. And so they're on all the time and they can't really relax. And, you know, they want to talk all the time, that kind of thing. So, yeah, so it, it is much easier to just say, okay, let's put some medication into this child. So this child will calm down to learn. But what I hear from the kids are, you know what, that, that medicine does not make me feel good. I don't feel like myself when I'm on it. And so I think that we need to listen to that. And we do need to be much more um, 
merciful, I guess you could say, or mm-hmm. understanding about where the child is coming from. So, you know, it's interesting that you experienced what you did. Maybe, you know, there was a reason why you had to go down that pathway so that whenever you were able to embrace and know that it wasn't you, it might have been the teachers, in other words, that were being a little bit too harsh for you. So maybe there was a lesson that you had to learn for forgiveness. Mm. I love that you're looking at it that way. Because if, if we're if we're holding on to that resentment, right? Oh, my, my teacher back then really affected me negatively. And we're holding on to that. Well, that's just going to affect our path negatively, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so have you been able to kind of look back and forgive those teachers? Absolutely. Or, okay. Absolutely. Good, good. You know, and, and, and it's funny because that a teacher just like this was brought up in a recent conversation, like literally like a month ago with someone that we just happened to know each other back mm-hmm. then. And um, small world, by the way, and this is like 3000 kilometers away or 2000 miles away. And um, it, it, when I thought about this teacher, it was like, I was annoyed, but there wasn't any like, oh, I, I don't, I hate this teacher. You know, it's just like, I, I felt that this teacher was just harsh, probably was miserable in their life and mm-hmm. maybe just didn't have something and it wasn't really personal. Right. And right. I think that's a lot of times we take things personal when it's actually the person that's causing sort of this friction. That mm-hmm. person needs the healing. Right. And so when I'm able to now, like it took me a long time, by the way, to actually heal mm-hmm. And forgive all the people in my life that I perceive that trespassed against me. I, I, I look at it from their shoes. Maybe right. they didn't have the tools. Maybe they weren't um, able to be at their best because they were going through something. When you look at it like that, it helps to sort of break down those those walls. And, and I love how you say that because it is so difficult because, you know, it does. It hurts you in your heart chakra. I mean, it really does. It's just like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm being, you know, um, hurt. And then you go to I always tell people too because you're an empath and because you're so loving and spiritual, sometimes it attracts people who do need that healing. And they, they sometimes don't like that positive energy, but a lot of times, like you said, they need the healing themselves. And so I, I, once I changed my perspective on it, instead of going, why do I keep attracting these people that want to hurt me? Then I started thinking, you know what? They're there for a reason. Maybe they need the healing. Maybe they need the love and light that I can share for them and maybe a part of my energy as well. I love that. And that's really why we're here. We're here to, someone has to break down the walls, right? Mm -hmm. And it's usually the person that is going to be the more sensitive, more empathic. And there must be, I mean, I'm thinking now just in in our world and the way we are raised right now, there must be a lot of empath children growing up nowadays that are not only, I mean, I guess, struggling with the world, right? But having parents that may not understand them Mm -hmm. because maybe they weren't empaths. And that maybe have religious blocks about the things they might be seeing. For example, maybe they have are playing with, they see a ghost and, you know, the whole imaginary imaginary friend thing. What's your experience with that? Oh, absolutely. And I think we are all programmed, you know, and I think things are changing. I think our the kids that, like you said, that are being born are so much more spiritual. They understand, you know, the... Uh, what we are struggling with and they're going, I don't understand why you're struggling with it. It's so easy. (laughs) You know, they can see the light. They can see the love and the understanding. And, and I think a lot of parents, you know, we're kind of programmed to think a certain way. And whenever that is broken down or your child is questioning it or, or things are happening and it's out of your control, the fear comes in. And so I think that once a parent can reach out and go, what is happening? What is going on? That's when they get the knowledge and the understanding. But it does take time to kind of shift your mind thoughts because you get 
all the rules and you go, I'm following the rules of how I grew up with. Why should I change? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the kids nowadays are, are really teaching us. And I, you know, actually think it started in the 60s because, you know, they had a big spiritual awakening there. And we had those crystal children coming in and the um, indigo children as well. The indigo children that really, you know, they did not, um, they weren't patient if you didn't understand the way that they thought. And they were warriors and everything. And when I say warriors, not worry, but they were worry. Because <laughs> that warriors. almost sounds like they worry all the time. No, <laughs> they were, okay, they're leaders try, trying to change things, you know, mm. that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, so, and I think the children now, um, they are presenting themselves totally different. And I think that they they know what is going on and they are connecting in with spiritual and yes, they do have imaginary friends that are there to help them. And again, I think the parents need to listen to their child and not have that fear based come in um, because you can be and I mean, I'm here to contest. You can be religious. I still go to church and I have my spirituality as well. So you can believe in both and you can balance that if you still want that religion as well. Um, but I think you need I think the kids need to know about spirituality and what it's all about and understanding how they're feeling so that they can also be led. Right. That's well said. So you mentioned indigo children and is there something called rainbow children? Oh, right. Yeah. So that's the third generation. So it's very interesting as generation to generation to generation and um, each generation almost had a different goal. But yeah, so the rainbow children are like, you know, teaching us total love. And it's very interesting that the things that are changing right now, you know, when we're we're looking at, um, you know, gender, when a lot of people are saying I'm not a he or she or they, you know, that they're rainbow children. To me, that is a connection. I think they're the ones that are teaching us the love and that you shouldn't judge or, you know, you shouldn't be a certain way that you need to be more fluid. And I think that is a lesson to us all to is to break down those barriers and really listen to them. And, all you know, the number one thing is acceptance. You know, they want to be accepted. And um, so I think this and what I really love about this generation is they don't really care what you think. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I was younger and an empath, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to do things <laughs> right, you know, and now they're going, nope, I don't care. This is this is how I feel and I want to be heard. And so I think that really is the next step that we need to listen to and say, OK, something needs to change. We need to change our attitudes and our, you know, the way that we're looking at things. Um I also think that, you know, a lot of, I get questioned a lot if the children under the autism spectrum, if they're spiritual. And my answer to that is yes. <laughs> so oh. that's another generation. And especially if they're nonverbal, a lot of these children can communicate telepathically. They can communicate through their energy. They're able to see, it's almost interesting because I see, you know, what's behind you. And it's almost like um, a lot of children that I've worked with, they love geometric patterns. They love that, um, you know, almost video, being in a video um, um, play or whatever. And so I feel like they can see the geometric patterns on earth, the spirituality, and they can actually see the earth patterns. And um, so, yeah, so I think there's a lot going on and as you get older you don't really see everything that's going on you you get closed off and as you get sort of programmed to think and believe a certain way right which i mean i've experienced myself so it seems like there's like as the generations come and go there's the children that are coming in are coming in with different gifts maybe finer tuned abilities and so we're kind of calling them sort of indigo crystal children rainbow children Mm-hmm. And I guess these are these beings are here to sort of help guide us into our next stage of evolution if we just somehow listen to them. Right. right. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. And I like what you just said. Listen and put the fear aside. 
which is not always easy to do, right? I no. mean, because I've experienced it myself. And, you know, I was going to actually talk about this quickly was, you know, when I was young, and I was sort of connected to that world and more in the visual sense. Now I'm more clairsentient. I can feel yeah. and I'm claircognizant. Um, but when I was young, I remember a couple instances where like a couple scary beings came to show themselves to me and just frightened me to my core. Mm-hmm. Is this still mm-hmm. happening with children? Uh, oh, yes. Well, and it depends on, you know, your perspective. Um, because a lot of times angels will come and visit us and the angels that are commercialized, you know, the little cute figurines, that's not what angels look like. Sometimes angels can be scary. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that these beings were not trying to scare you. Maybe they were trying to communicate with you, but most of the time the child is not afraid, but if they do become afraid, that's when, you know, they need to find somebody who can tap in and see who is trying to connect with them. And because there's always a reason, but yes. So as children, Mm -hmm. you do see more apparitions because children have to be more visual because children are more concrete. That's just how they are. And they learn as we get older, we kind of, we don't need that. You can just feel it. And you know, something's there with a child. It is, you know, everything is turned on because they're brand new to the earth. They're very spiritual. You know, they just left heaven (laughs) or, you know, wherever you talk, any, any place that you talk about. Um, So they just left that spiritual world to come onto our earth. So they have all of this virtuality, but, um, and if they see some, if, if the forms are lower energy and it scares the child, they can always, they're in control and you can say, go away. I am not going to talk to you. You know, and that's when they need to bring in their angels. And I just want to talk to the love and light energies. So um, and if if they're not able to really express themselves and get help, yes, you will. They'll kind of and I don't want to say shut down their abilities. They'll they'll kind of turn it down way down because they're too afraid of it. And but that's still a part of them that they can shape and strengthen and really need to um, come forth because as teenagers, you know, when we try to find ourselves and if we shut that part, our intuitive side off and our spirituality, we start exploring because you're still being pulled in that area. You're still kind of curious. It's kind of like, you know, you go to a bookstore before, you know. You accept it and you put on that hat and you put those sunglasses on so nobody knows who you are because you're looking in that evil section. <laughs> and so <laughs> until so that's kind of, you know, their curiosity and they'll read everything. So and which is a great thing to do. You know, we all need to find out where um, our spirituality is going to lead, where our journey is going to lead. But if you try to shut them down, that's when things may they may look to the dark side. I mean, you just never know because maybe they're more accepted in that area. That's really interesting. And, And to go back to my experience as somebody as a child who could see this this being entity appeared to me as a skeleton. Oh, okay. And I didn't even know what the word was for skeleton yet. And it was like dancing around in front of me and like moving its jaw. And I mean, I, I was I was also very sensitive as well, but it frightened me like so badly. I, I tried screaming and nothing came out. Mm-hmm. And I believe around that point is when I sort of like tuned down my abilities. But it's funny because the older I got, I would still get harassed by like ghosts and entities. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was a little scary, but I, I almost got more annoyed than mm-hmm. scared. I was just like, OK, like, leave me alone. Um, but just in the past, say, five years, I feel my third eye has started to awaken again because, you know, I can actually start to I can see energy moving. I can see like it almost looks like I'm looking at I'm looking at space moving. Mm-hmm. So especially if, if I'm, you know, laying in bed and my eyes are closed, um, I can see the room in this like ethereal form. And if I like put my hand, so I make sure my eyes are really closed and I close my eyes with my left hand and then I move my hand over my, my eyes, I can see my hand moving. So mm-hmm. I can see like, like it's just this ethereal form. And when I first started getting that, I was like, oof, like it was getting a little scary. I'm like, what is this? What am I looking at? Am I looking into the astral realm? And so it's almost like 
revisiting that place that I probably already experienced as a kid. And mm-hmm. I think this might be happening more and more to people that are on this path, even as adults that we're connecting with these abilities that we once had that were may have been pushed down for whatever reason, religious reasons or parents that didn't understand. And so that's, I'm seeing this connection and not only like the, the children that have these amazing abilities, but the people that are older, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that are like all these abilities starting to come forward. Are you noticing that too in your work? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because it's very interesting when I do have families come to me for help. You know, they, they first ask about their child and then I go through certain things about what, what it means to be intuitive and what experiences they can experience. And the parents sometimes go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what happened to me as a child. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, so I tell them you're going through a spiritual awakening again, (laughs) because you can go through multiple of them and go through it with your child you know, experience the spiritual awakening, learn things. So absolutely, um, whenever I had my spiritual awakening, I had, I've had several along my pathway. But the la- last one is when I finally said, okay, I'm ready to come out of the closet as a, a psychic medium. And I started taking classes with other people to tune into what I needed to, to become an effective psychic medium. Because, you know, a lot of times things will come natural, but to be able to control it, you need to have exercises. And it's almost like a muscle. You have to practice over and over and how to tune in. And I met so many people that went through the exact same experiences I did. And to me, it's like, oh, I'm not alone. (laughs) I'm not going crazy, that kind of thing. So if anybody out there is going through a spiritual awakening and kind of what you explained, Greg, they need to find somebody that can be their mentor, that can be their peer group um, so that they can be open and in a safe environment and say, what do I do now from this point on? Yeah, so maybe, maybe don't tell your boss about it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speak to a trusted friend and yes. trusted people that uh, are either open to these ideas, open to things. Um, if you know that they're not, then maybe, you know, quietly work and find someone until you can. Because if you, I think in my experience, if you find people that are just really rigid in their belief system, they can make you feel like you're crazy or that, you know, it's all in your mind. We're living in an age of gaslighting where, you know, it's, hey, no, it's all in your head. It's all, it's a, it's a psycho uh, issue in your, in your mind. So you maybe you should go see a therapist, which is not yeah. healthy at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you know what? And I think therapists are beginning to, is what I'm hearing from other people that are beginning to be more open-minded. But let me tell you a little story about whenever I was uh, became, you know, thought, okay, I need to come out as a psychic medium. Um, I went on Facebook Live and I thought this is a perfect and I thought I was on my business page. I thought this is a perfect time to meet my, you know, meet people out there and just get my name out there. Well, Spirit had a different (laughs) had a different agenda. So I actually went on my personal page. And I was talking about, you know, becoming a, you know, a psychic medium, how important it was to me. And, uh, and I, I started seeing people come on, I'm going, they're not on my business. And then it kind of <laughs> occurred to me and I went, oh, crap. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'm going to continue. I'm going to talk about it. Whoever really accepts it, they're going to accept it. And they're going to be a part of my world. If not, they were never a part of my world anyway. And Afterwards, I had so many people come to me and they go, that is so cool that I'm not surprised or can I have a reading? (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't as painful as I thought it was. But again, you've got to let certain people in your life go if Mm -hmm. they're not because, you know, they don't die with you. They don't go through your spiritual journey with you if they're not in the same belief system. So that's when you need to surround yourself with people who do actually believe in the same thing. You, you bring up such a great point and something that I've experienced, you know, over the past, especially five or 10 years of integrating this sort of public persona of what the world expects of us and who we actually are. And I've struggled with this actually my whole life pretty much because I knew that life isn't what it appears to be. 
but yet right. you don't want to share that information with just everybody. And so I had to work a regular job and work with regular left brain people. And so you have to kind of hide that aspect of yourself. And so it took me a long time to learn how to integrate that. And, and, and not only that, to have the courage to sort of step forward and say, this is who I really am. Accept me or not, it doesn't bother me. Right. And I think when you are go, first going through that, it's like, you know, you have to experience it. it. It may bother you at first. You may, cause your friends, some family may look at you differently and they may leave you. They may think you're, you're crazy, but you have to come to a point within yourself to be authentic and honest and integral and say, well, this is who I am. Both of these personas actually can blend together and I can be this one person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, um, recently my husband told me, he goes, I can tell you are so much happier since you have, you know, embraced it, you came out, that's what you're doing full time. He said, I can tell you're a lot happier. And I think you do. I think you find your true self. And when I say that to not only your earth true self, but also your soul, because, you know, we have another true self <laughs> and, and that looks down and, t- you know, tells you, okay, you, this is what you need to learn or whatever. It's hard to explain, but, but you actually are able to n- connect with your true self and your soul just shines and things start happening. It's almost like you, you, we get on a certain frequency and you bring people in with the same type of frequency and you're going, oh, there you are. <laughs> I didn't see you there. No coincidences. Yes, absolutely. We become a magnet for our experiences and the people that are meant to be here with us. So no, there's no coincidence. So whatever you're you're vibrating at, you will experience, you will bring that into your life. And then when you change that vibration, when you actually are, okay, I want to experience that new part of me, this explore this part of me, that vibration will change. And therefore your outside world may and will change. And so we have to have the courage to say, okay, I'm ready for this change. And to not allow that sort of negative influence in as best as we can. And then that's easier said than done, because we still have to go through what we have to go through. And that can rattle us a little bit. For me, for example, I I lost a a lot of great friends. And I took that personal, because Mm -hmm. my friends were kind of like my in my old way of being what they were my they're my life, they're my my foundation. Mm -hmm. But you know, I let, I let that all go with love. I let it all go mm-hmm. with, with grace and gratitude, thanking truly and, and truly meaning being thankful for, for that, because it's just, it's nothing personal. It's just the law of energy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I tell yeah, totally agree. And I know that, um, and it's interesting that you say sometimes we need to know what our audience is. Cause a lot of times whenever I get introduced to a new person, I still have that difficulty saying psychic medium. So I, and it, it's still kind of covering it up, you know, but it, it is a, a way that I survive. I say I'm a, a spiritual advisor. And then if they want to know more, then they can ask more. And then I will tell them truthfully exactly what that means. Um, but, but a lot of times they got, they, pretty much understand it and they go, oh, okay, but they just don't know what to say next. So, um, but my husband loves to tell people that he works for um, what I do. And he just loves to see their face expression and they, and he just gets a kick out of it. And they go, oh, okay. And then they move on. <laughs> Some don't know what to say. Exactly. But you know what? You're planting the seed. Yeah. You're planting a seed along the way. So you never know if your friends... You know, in a couple of years, 10 years may come back and say, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You, you bring up another great point there. And it's like, we, we can't force people to grow with us. We have mm-hmm. to allow people to grow at the pace that they want to grow. This is, a, I guess, a part of free will. And it's not always easy, but when you see it from that just energetic soul perspective it does make it easier it does make it non-personal and you just really have that embrace of love and if they do return then wonderful and if they don't we're all together anyways we all are one anyways aren't we Mm -hmm. absolutely very fascinating so going back on the kids what are some of the common experiences that a child has in regards to psychic phenomenon 
Um, exactly what we talked about. They'll have imaginary friends. Um, I actually had a dad with a three-year-old contact me uh, just recently. And he said, you know what? We have somebody in our house that was an older home. And my little girl keeps, you know, talking to this entity. Is it evil? And I'm going, no, is this entity doing anything evil or, you know, is your child feeling fearful? No, she's feeling fine. So, but, but she can feel the different energy in the room. She remembers her past life. Um, she goes, I remember seeing you, daddy, whenever I was up in heaven and would explain different situations that he and his wife were going through. And she remembered all of this. So, yeah, so she, she could remember her past life. Um, a lot of times our kiddos will be able to connect with animals and just know what they're thinking and just be able to connect with them spiritually. It's such an awesome thing to see, you know, whenever they're able to do that. Um, they also have vivid dreams, kind of like um, like being in a video game, you know, of that virtual reality and right. being able to control it and connecting with loved ones on the other side. Um, but also when they're younger, just like what you were saying, you were afraid of your, your imaginary friend coming through. Sometimes they'll feel it at night, especially because that's when energy or spirit comes to visit is at night because everything is slowing down. You know, they, that's when they say there's something in my closet or something under my bed. So that's when, you know, we need to step in and help them. You are not alone. You know, we are here to help you and you are in control. So we'll get rid of, you know, get rid of the monster and we'll become friends with that monster. But as they become teenagers, what happens, like you said, it just kind of, they don't see the apparitions as much, but they are very empathetic. They are sensitive. A lot of times they'll become depressed because they are trying to find themselves and they're being shoved away because of their sensitivity or whatever. But they're still seeing able to see shadows sometimes and they're going, okay, so that's when you'll see them become gothic a little bit and then you know then they'll come out of it and they'll go okay i'm okay i'm in control i don't have all my emotions coming you know going crazy or <laughs> Because, you know, teenage life is not ever easy, but a lot of teenagers come to me and they go, I'm ready to turn it off. And my question to them always is, you want to turn off a part of yourself? You know, why don't, why don't we learn how to work with it and not against it? And because later on, you'll think back and go, you know what? That was a part of me. I should have never, you know. Uh, turned it off for other people. Wow. So you even have like teenagers coming to you asking for right. assistance with maybe an over too much input, too much yes. sensory input, and they want to maybe just connect and focus on their schoolwork or uh, video games or something. Right. And I always tell them it's not that easy, dear. <laughs> Yeah, You know, because, you know, a lot of times, too, it could be a grandfather coming to connect and they just don't understand. Again, they don't have that knowledge. They don't know how to control it. So when they're teenagers, I work one on one with them. And because, you know, who wants a parent in the brain, right? <laughs> and so I give them the exercises that I actually went through to kind of help them be able to control the energy and the thought processes of what's going on. So you bring up a really great point with like fear, for example, and getting a hold of this fear of the unknown, because, you know, as we're growing up in this world and learning how to interact with this world, we may forget about this true world of where we're really from, you know, in the conscious and our conscious mm -hmm. mind, but it's always still there, obviously. Right. How, how can one get over that fear and that fear of the unknown and remembering this truth is, are, are there certain exercises they can do? Or I guess, is it working with people that have experienced this? And absolutely. So, so the number one thing, I mean, even being a psychic medium, I'll have that little fear in what if I cannot connect with spirit before a reading, you know, or during a reading to get that information out. There's always a reason for everything. 
So fear also, because we're human, we have that ego. The ego protects us. The ego will logically say, okay, you don't need to be doing this, Michelle, um, because it's evil, blah, blah, blah. You know, then I have start having all these awful thoughts and it grows. It's almost like you plant a seed of fear and it does, it grows into a huge fear tree, right? But if we let go of that ego, and you can do that through meditation to learn how to control those thoughts, okay? And then get that spirituality coming in, the imaginative part of yourself and say, you know what? Spirit is here. They I am a spiritual being here having a human experience. <laughs> and so so you've got to remember that for one. So just learning how to control the thought and getting the ego out of the way is so difficult because whenever I connect in with spirit and I'm connecting to a loved one for somebody, if I get fearful, it goes that connection is dropped. It's almost like you're on the phone and you go, hello, somebody there? No. And it will be totally dropped because of me not because of spirit and so you've just got to learn how to breathe through that fear know that the fear is there for a reason and then think about why is this spiritual experiencing happening there is a reason for it why do i keep having the same dream over and over and over again so you've got to really think about what is going on and really look at what point uh, are you in your life and um, and really listen to synchronicities, you know, the signs, because sometimes spirit will put it right in front of your face and you don't hear it. You don't listen to it and you go keep thinking it keeps happening because you're not listening. <laughs> so you got to listen. And um, and I keep thinking about the skeleton that came into your life as an entity. So you may want to think about what you were into then. And that's how they're trying to come across. Sometimes they don't come across as, you know, humanistic. So my husband had imaginary friend who was a Bernstein bear. Okay. Of all things. And to me, that would have frightened me. <laughs> A bear coming, wanting to be my friend. But for him, it was, you know, safe. But for you, maybe you weren't just expect, expecting it. And maybe that's how spirit was coming across as wanting to communicate with you. Right. That's that's really interesting way to look at it. I, I can't say for sure consciously of, of you know where I was at at that time, but I still know that image pretty well. Yes. Now, are, are there any instances where there actually are going to be entities that aren't for your highest good that are actually seeing perhaps seeing you as a light and they may may want to actually take some of that light for their own energy and and to scare you and to take some of that energy because i know that there are entities that are in those deep recesses of really haunted places that purposely mm -hmm. try to scare people so mm -hmm. that they can feed off that light does that ever happen have you experienced that with kids at all in your work Oh, absolutely. Now, now child will, you know, the younger children really don't experience the negative energy. And most of the time, you know, if it now, sometimes a entity can show, you know, how they died and they're not trying to scare their child. They're, that's just a personality that they're coming through. But as teenagers, it's the intention. Sometimes, you know, if you get depressed, your energy goes down and your intention without you realizing it is drawing in that negative energy and that negative energy will attach to you. These entities will attach to you. And when that happens, you need to say, OK, there you are in control. I am only going to say love and light energy. I'm going to raise my vibration and I don't want anything to do with lower energy. Every time before I do any type of reading or anything else, I get sage and I always say a little, you know, little prayer. I said my intention, I want love and light. I don't want to connect with anything, especially somebody else's loved one. If that loved one, you know, has not crossed over, it may be evil. I am not going to connect with them. <laughs> you know, so I watch you, I connect with. But but in life, isn't that the same thing as when we meet somebody and you kind of get that awful feeling? You know, you're feeling their energy and you're going, I don't like that person. Kids can do that. Kids can read other people's energy, you know, and say, you know what? I don't like that person. I do not want to be around that person. 
And again, we need to listen to that. Interesting. So it's the same with with entities and as mm-hmm. as well as people. Absolutely. And, I- yeah. yeah. Well, and to me, I'm thinking entities. I treat them as almost like people because some, some most of them were people at one time. Mm-hmm. And so through my training, I treat them like people. Say, so, hey, you know what? I don't like your energy right now. And I, I, can't, I can't see you, but I don't want anything to do with you. And because of free will, they will have to go away. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I find interesting too is if you watch to see what, young people are watching or not even young people, just people in general watching uh, the things on TV, television shows, movies, mm-hmm. there's an obsession with being scared, with mm-hmm. being, getting shocked with, with ghosts and zombies and gore. And I can't help but think that when we are watching this, we are absorbing this energy and we are getting, you know, sort of shocked, shocked to our system and shocked to our, um, our energy system. If we are not perhaps, you know, giving the potential for entities to say, ah, there's an opportunity for me to get in there and give that experience for that person or to scare them. Do you see any correlation with that? You know, it's very interesting because I, you know, I have, because I'm number one, I love scary movies. <laughs> I'm one. I, I, you know, that's one reason why it was kind of difficult for me to actually um, connect with spirit because I thought, oh my gosh, what if it's something like, you know, all the horror movies I grew up with in the seventies. Okay. I don't want to become possessed. And, um, <laughs> but, but again, a lot of those movies are not true to life. You know, they, it's all for entertainment purposes. And I think too, a lot of people will watch it because it's kind of like an outlet. It all, it's almost like riding a roller coaster. It's an adrenaline high, you know, that type of thing. So it's more, it could also be physical. And I know that you're talking about more energy, but, um, but again, it's your intention. So if somebody is some seeing like shadow people on TV and they're going, oh, that'd be so cool to see shadow people, they may attract that to them. And so shadow people will show up and go, okay, you said I could come. Here I am, right? So so there is a, there is that fear that people can actually set that intention and for it to actually manifest in itself. Especially if they're unconscious about it. Right. If yes. They're not even aware yes. of their intention. They're just, oh, this is this is awesome. This, this scary things happening, and it'd be cool to see it. Because you know, I, I got I got a confession too. Is I I the one thing I do like to watch are reality ghost videos, mm-hmm. and I Me just think noticing it. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it really interesting, and I just like to connect the dots. And I just see there's a lot of people that are experiencing some really scary things, and uh, there's obviously some are fake, but. I know when they're real. I'm like, okay, that one's real. And this person's experiencing like, you know, people, some, someone's wearing a, a hat, the shadow person wearing a hat. And this, this being only appears, for example, when they're alone and they'll open yeah. the doors, they'll walk around and it's absolutely frightening. Is this an attachment to, to, to that, to that person? Would this be considered an attachment? And if not, how can this being, how, how can this person that's experiencing this, this ghostly thing that's scary, how can they really wish it away? Because you see in these videos, they say, go away. I don't want to see you go away. But they keep coming back and harassing them. Right. Well, and the one thing that you don't see on TV is a lot of times before the investigation begins, when they go into these haunted houses, they do a mantra, they do prayers, and they protect themselves. So they know how to protect themselves. Now, when they go into the haunted houses or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, they will have that lower energy, the shadow people. They're looking for it. Okay, so that's their intention. They're looking for it. So, yes, so this entity can attach to them when they leave. So before they leave the premises, they do have to say, you are not coming home with me. You are not going to be with me because, again, you are in control as your own spirit being. And you can pray it away. You can do sage. You can have crystals. But when you're there, that's why I never go on an investigation. That's why I like watching it. But, yes, because I don't want to lower. And you do have to lower your energy. Um, I do have a story of a medium that actually went into haunted home. And she's going, 
I can't see what you are seeing. You're seeing, you know, these shadow people. I can't see it. And somebody said, lower that energy. Get off that high frequency. So she did. And then she goes, oh, I see it now. So it's all in, again, with their energy work and the intention. But yeah, they can attach to you when you leave. And that's when you say, "Uh uh-uh. You know, and when they start scratching you, it's like, okay, that is more of a evil, evil, evil entity. And you should not even be there. You know, you're egging it on. And the entity doesn't want you there. So why are they there? So, you know, I don't want to say that, Sometimes, you know, you, you, I don't want to say whatever you, um, there's cause and effect. (laughs) So you do something and there's effect and sometimes you get um, in trouble that way. Sometimes you get bit in the butt. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I know. I was trying to find the words. You sow what you reap, I guess you could say. I don't know if that's what. (laughs) But there are tools that you could do to disconnect from that. Absolutely. And And a lot of time, Yeah. Yeah. And that's important to know, right? Yeah. To know that you, you, like you said, you have free will, you have the ability to choose what is in your energetic space. And after I do a reading, you know, especially when I do mediumship, sometimes they'll hang around and I mean, I'll feel the heavy energy. And I'll, like the other day I went and I went in my kitchen to cook and everything. My door was open and I heard close the door. And I asked my husband, I said, did you just tell me to shut the door? I think that was internally, but I'm not for sure. He goes, I didn't say anything. And so I had to tell the spirit, okay, I am done with you because your your loved one is gone. And I do this. I said, go. And it disappeared. But yeah, so, and I, I probably didn't shut down correctly and ask them, okay, I'm done with the reading. You've already connected, given your message. Now it's time for you to move on. Interesting. You know what else is really interesting? Just before we had our our talk today, this morning, I had my own healing session. And it was really interesting because as I'm looking at myself on the web camera and we're we're chatting, me and this healer, there was two orbs floating around. And she's like, there's two orbs floating around you. And two white orbs that were floating around it, which I have seen them before. And they've been in They were attached to me in this kind of a haunted house I was living in, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wonder, like, are those, for example, could could that be... Because, you know, when you take a photo sometimes and you see, like, orbs Mm -hmm. attached and people say, oh, it's dust. Well, yeah, sometimes it's dust, sometimes it's bugs. But, yeah, sometimes it's actually Mm -hmm. spirits. Right. So, in my case, do you you think those could be spirit guides? Could those be, um, you know, entities looking for healing? Or are they attached to me somehow and they were going to be released in this healing session? You know what? I love what you just said. Okay. So, what I'm really getting is that they are, I won't say they're attached to you necessarily, um, but they're like around you in your energy. Okay. And to me, they're spiritual beings that are trying to guide you and they're Mm. saying we're here that type of thing okay Okay? and they were there for your healing to help it's almost like your spirit guide was there to kind of hold your hand we're here to help you through your healing oh that's wonderful that's good that's good to know that they're there for my uh, betterment and not my oh absolutely (laughs) and um now i don't know if you have heard lily dill is a and it's kind of near Canada. It's outside of Buffalo, New York. Okay. And um, they all, it's a village of mediums, is what. I, <laughs> and yeah. um, so it's a magical place. I mean, they have a fairy garden. They have a place that they there's a tree stump where mediums used to uh, do readings. And this started in 1890, but you can actually see orbs there. I mean, there is energy everywhere. Uh-huh. And um, and we had somebody take pictures at night and was able to get even a face in an orb. So, but yeah, usually orbs are higher beings and, and um, they can be your loved one. But most of the time, you know, and what I'm really feeling with you, it's more of your spirit guide. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. there, was, there was actually two separate, one on each side of mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And, and we were yeah. like, okay, I haven't seen that in a while. Right. The, last, the last time I did see that, actually, like I said, I was in this, I was living in this haunted place, and the orb actually was really close to me, and this this entity was really trying to get my attention. I spoke yeah. about it a few times in the podcast, um, and I just wasn't ready to deal. 
Right. Right. Which I'm sure there are a lot of people aren't ready to deal with this stuff because if you look at it from your egoic perspective, yeah, it's scary. There's no Mm -hmm. denying it. It's actually really Mm -hmm. scary. But when you start to actually connect with that soul part of yourself, that spirit part of yourself that realizes that everything is energy, everything is connected, and that perhaps there's a being looking for attention for healing because aren't are we, we're all here for healing, mm-hmm. whether we're Absolutely. in physical form or whether we're floating around um, in the ethers or in the astral realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, even I, I consider myself a healer. I do a lot of healing work with people, but, you know, everybody needs healing. So for anybody out there that is, um, you know, never feel that, you know, it's up to, it's up to you. You have to do it all. We're here to help each other. We're here to um, give each other the keys, the songs, if you will, to help un- unleash our own abilities to the next level. This is why we need this. This is why it's important to connect with people that um, may not be part of your regular social friends, right? Maybe connect with someone that is more on the line of the spiritual side, um, maybe like a medium or, or somebody that has intuitive abilities because I think when you interact with these types of people, they can give you a different perspective in life. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting? And you say that it kind of triggered a memory. So, you know, I feel like as light workers, we go through certain experiences so that we can help others that go through the exact same experience. I get a lot of teachers that sit across the table from me. And so I'm going, so you're a teacher or a nurse or some type of, you know, healing in that aspect for a a career. And um, so, you know, and and I think as we become more spiritual, we do get triggered from memories that we have gone through. And we think that, oh, we're done with that memory. Well, it will come back. (laughs) And it's like, okay, I've got more work to do. But again, I think it's not only for you to heal yourself, but also to help others that are going through the exact same earth experience is what you've gone through. Such a great point. And you know what? I resonate with that so deeply because it's all about really sharing our authentic self Mm -hmm. and as being vulnerable as you can. And I, I have spoken about this before, but it's so important to reiterate that when you're vulnerable, when you are your authentic self, you know, you can just feel that person. You can feel that how raw and actually how strong that person is by being vulnerable. But if you actually look at it in the opposite way and you see someone covering up their emotion and they're just you know pretending that things aren't bothering them, you look at that and I think even mm-hmm. the average person is going to say, I know what I prefer. Right, right. Do I prefer this person or do I prefer this person? I'm more in line with the person being vulnerable because there's an mm-hmm. aspect in me that connects with that. And I think that's important to, to share our experiences, everybody out there. If you're going through something and you, and you have healed through it or you're going through it, it's okay to be vulnerable because this is a part of you that is actually asking for the healing. And there's other people that are going to be in your experiences that are going to be needing that energy from you to be like, you know what? You are not alone. Mm-hmm. We're not alone on this healing journey. I, I'm, I'm still going through healing. Um, and, you know, it's important to share that. It's, it, we're all keys for each other. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> it, it really is, and you know, we we don't yes. we don't really notice that because we're not trained. We're not we're not programmed to think that way. We're programmed to think the opposite way. We're programmed to think that I got to fight you to get a promotion at my job. I got to fight this person in order for me to get the live on this better street in this house to have this car to have whatever title I need to have to feel this external sensation of success which whatever society has programmed us to believe in and it's really about reversing all that energy and going from within and then like you were saying what your husband said about you is like you are noticeably happier because you've embraced your your truth you've embraced your true self and i can say for myself i feel a million times happier that i can actually now be my true self and you know i've been doing this podcast for i don't know over two years now and i used to be deathly afraid to talk, just to even talk to people, to even meet new people. Wow. And, and so if I could do this, I know that anybody out there can do anything because I used to be the opposite. I used to be so fearful of everything. And now here I am breaking down the wall by wall by wall and sharing my experiences as honestly and authentically as I can with others and meeting wonderful people like you to um, 
to find that true self within ourselves because there's so much love and power and wisdom within each of us, but we have to start looking within, don't we? Absolutely. And give, giving us um, the time to do that, the self-care, you know, get close the door, <laughs> close the door to the outside world so that you can do that. Find that time for yourself mm-hmm. in whatever ways that is for people. And that's going to be different for each person, isn't it? Um, some people mm-hmm. might like to draw or to read or to go for a walk or to play with their kids. Find that whatever that is for you. The last thing I want to touch upon with you, Michelle, is you're a spirit artist. This is something new for me. Can you explain what that is? Okay. And I always tell people spirit art does not mean I graduated with an art degree. (laughs) So, so what it is, is I love color. Color has always been an important factor in my life. Um, But whenever I first started as a medium, I, anytime I doodle or I draw things, I, it gets my logical mind out. It's almost like drawing a car, driving a car because you're thinking about just, you know, color and everything else. And it just lets your ego go and you can be your true self through the color. So, so I connect in and I can draw a likeness of a person, a loved one. I always say likeness because I don't do the, you know, um, they're realistic because that takes hours anyway. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so I was able to connect in better with spirit whenever I was doing the art. Now, when I do psychic art, I love that as well because I connect in and sometimes you don't know what you're going to be painting. It can start out with a little dot. It may just be a geometric pattern, but you look at the different colors. What do the colors symbolize? What do the things that you're drawing what do they symbolize? And it tells a story. That's why I absolutely love spirit art, because it tells a story. The colors tell a story. Sometimes it can tell, you can see the music flowing through the art. It just fascinates me. And sometimes I just don't know, you know, if I see the color red, and I'm doing a lot of red, sometimes that tells me about, well, you know what, somebody that I'm reading, they need to work on the red chakra, they need to ground themselves more. So it it just, again, you just kind of look at it. And and I don't want to say analyze it, but that's what kind of what you're doing. And saying what what is spirit trying to tell me? But yeah, spirit art is to me so powerful, because it makes it you know, I, I guess when you write down things, it makes it known, it, it makes it solid, makes it concrete. You can actually see it instead of explaining it. And I think it's important for kids too, when they experience something or they see something, they can draw what they see. And it's almost like, um, you know, they do have art that, for people that are going through counseling. So it's almost like art therapy. But for a child, they'll open up and they'll talk more and they'll explain what they've seen. And as a parent, you need to see what they're drawing and what what colors that they are using. Because sometimes they'll see auras and they'll do the different colors around people. And that's that's why I think art is so important. That is so cool. I haven't heard that term before, but you know, as you're explaining it, it's like you said, taking something that's the intangible to the tangible. So you can say, but the conscious mind would be like, ah, so this is what is going on on that other side. And it makes it just more real. So do you offer this as part of your services for people? I do. I do. I kind of took a little break because I was doing it all the time. And, you know, spirit kind of changes the way that you do readings and you change in your ability. So right now I don't need to draw a person anymore to get information and it comes in so quickly. So what I'm having to do is do the reading first and then do the drawing later. Because the information is coming in so quickly, I don't <laughs> I don't need that anymore. So I I am going to try to offer it later, but as a, you know, after the reading type thing. Um, even through whenever I'm doing the psychic work, it comes through. And now I still doodle on occasion. If, if information isn't coming clearly, I doodle. Now I know that, and I can't remember his name, medium I, on. Uh, he actually, I was just, he came to yes, my mind. Yes. Um, um, the younger guy. Yes. Um, 
Maybe it will come, but he's on uh, he's on Netflix. He's got a show on Netflix, and that's what he does: yeah. is he doodles and he draws as he's talking to somebody. That is still a part of spirit art. That's what he's doing. Interesting, interesting. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm actually a fan of his. Fan of his. He's very accurate, very good. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. yes. And I, Henry, I don't know why that's coming to mind, but I don't. I can't think of his name right now. You must have telepathically sent that to me because I saw that image him doodling there. You know, it's been such a fascinating conversation with Michelle. And as we're coming to that time, I'm going to ask Michelle if there's anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we say goodbye. Absolutely. So, and I love to tell people this, be your authentic self, whatever that means to you. And sometimes it means what we talked about. Sometimes it means kind of changing your life, the way that you live, the way uh, the people that are in your life, you may need to make some changes and that can be gradual, whatever it looks like to you, but be that spiritual self and whatever you're guided to don't think, Oh my gosh, this is crazy thinking. Don't think of it that way. That there it's there for a purpose. It's a part of you embrace that part put together that puzzle and show the world who you truly are. So wonderful. I'd like to thank Michelle for being with me on this show and spending her time and energy and sharing her gifts and wisdom with all of us. Thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, thank you. 